This is Tate Talks on iHub Radio, a fresh perspective on how to live your best life. Combining biological sciences, mind-body medicine, nutrition, and exercise. This is the place to get the big picture on health and wellness. Live from the iHub Radio studios in Palm Springs, California, here's functional medicine certified health coach and award-winning wellness expert, Jason Tate. Jason Tate here in the studios here in Palm Springs, California. Thank you so much for listening to the show, Tate Talks. We are here, the Tate Talks social distancing show. (laughs) You can listen to us and uh, not have to gather around in any gatherings or groups, and we can be totally safe and healthy together. I'm actually recording uh, from my home, and you're listening in your home or maybe in your car if you're running an errand and you're being safe and you're doing the whole decontamination routine. We live in a really different world right now, and I have to say that I'm proud of many people who are stepping up to the plate and answering the call and changing their lifestyles in order to uh, survive this thing and also not to pass it on to others. Coronavirus COVID-19 is here to stay and so is Tate Talks. We're dedicated to the same mission of inspiration, hope, good information, support, and awareness. And that's what Tate Talks is here for. We focus on movement, nutrition, mindfulness, total body health, functional medicine, root cause of disease, uh, managing and reversing chronic diseases, and really just kind of giving yourself, arming your body with the best uh, information and the best food. Um, I'll be sharing a great recipe this hour. In fact, in this hour, I have Empty Your Cup, which is a mindfulness uh, benchmark, and I'll be doing a quick meditation with you guys because we could all use a little mindfulness and meditation. I also have a delicious recipe I'll be sharing with you in the hour. And I'll be talking about answers to common questions about food and COVID-19, as well as something called reinfection. Uh, There's a possibility of reinfection, which is kind of scary, but I'll be talking about antibodies as well. So a little biology lesson, and that's what I do. I'm a health coach, but by, by day, I'm a high school biology teacher, and I also teach in a medical health academy that I created uh, called the HANDS Health and Nutritional Sciences Academy here in the Coachella Valley. Students that have an interest in going into healthcare or health-related fields, which, by the way, I just have to give a shout out, are heroes. Everyone working essential jobs right now are heroes. All of a sudden, and I'll come back to what I do, but all of a sudden now, there are two types of people in the world, essential workers and non-essential workers. And everyone in the essential workers are heroes right now. Uh, I was just at the grocery store uh, yesterday, no, two days ago, and I, the checkout girl who was doing my groceries, and, and now I, you know, I don't get to bag my own groceries. I can't even bring in my own bags anymore. They're you know, scanning and they're doing all the bagging. They're doing everything. Um, you know, I just, I made it a point to thank her uh, for being there and thank everyone on the staff for being there. They're heroes during this time. I mean, imagine not having that service. Uh, my brother 
um, and my brother from another mother and a good friend of mine I've spoken to recently, all three of them are police officers, two of them in, in Arizona and one of them in Hawaii. Again, another essential job. And my goodness, these, these are the heroes of our time right now. And of course, I have many friends uh, that work in the hospitals, that work in healthcare, uh, and again, heroes right now. So It feels almost to weird to be heroes. a talk show host and be essential. Yeah, all right here we are, John. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I, I don't know if I would call myself a hero, but um, but John, you're definitely a hero no. for keeping no, the but- lights on at iHub Radio and getting this great information out uh, to thousands of people around the world. I think that's the part where they think that we're essential because we do kind of help keep communication going among the masses, but. We definitely don't fall in the hero category, but there are so many people <laughs> who absolutely do. They're all right. Yeah. So can you think of any others? Did I miss anyone, John? I don't want to miss anyone. Well, I think people who work for like utility companies and keep the electricity oh, yeah. on uh, yep. or, you know, keep the gas flowing or the water going and keeping it clean yep. and things like that so that we don't have one more thing to stress out about, you know? That's true. That's um, true. You know, and and we've recently had some earthquake activity here too, and so the people who, you know, keep an eye on that and make sure that uh, there's <laughs> there's a way to deal. I mean, can you only imagine with everything oh else that we're dealing with right now if we had to deal with the big one? Exactly right. My goodness, yeah. When the earthquake, there was a pretty big one last week. Yeah, and it was, I was at nearly a five point Yeah, it was it was decent. And it was in Temecula, right? Uh, it was in Anza. Uh, and it was, oh, right, yeah. Uh, yeah, Anza, and it was 4.9. And there's been several aftershocks that have happened over the past week, including uh, the most recent one, I think, was uh, on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, and yeah, it, it gives people imagine? a little bit of jolt when everybody's at home and thinking, oh, my gosh, now what do I have to deal with? <laughs> now the sky's falling. <laughs> but it, it does bring to mind, Jason, the fact that, you know, when we think about how people have had to go and get emergency supplies and rations and things like that to, to make it through this period, and yes. we think about how ridiculous some people were in hoarding things, that you you know this is a good reminder for people that no matter when there could be something that strikes at any moment and it's important to make sure that you have those um you know first aid and and water and other safety yes. supplies and food supplies yes. you know put away that are you know non-perishables that you could use in any situation uh if that kind of thing did happen so i think Agreed. it's a good reminder yeah. to us as hard as this is that we should never be short supplied. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is worldwide. We're learning so much from this and there's some important lessons that are happening here. Uh, And so definitely bringing up that point. So thank you, John. appreciate that. John station manager and running the boards for me. I'm grateful for you. Thank you so much. As we are for your being here to help us uh, be mindful of these things that we need to take care of our mind, body, and spirit. That's right. You bet. It's what I do. I love it. (laughs) So let me jump into that um, and uh, and I'll get right into empty your cup. So each week I bring in some mindfulness. And so I'd like to do an empty your cup uh, component here. And the quote for today is look for something positive in each day, even if some days you have to look a little harder. 
And it's so important. It's time right now to become a professional optimist. There's plenty of pessimism in the world, and there's plenty of pessimists. We don't need any more of those people. We need more people to be optimists and become professional optimists. And so it's important to just find the good in everything that can happen, that everything that has happened. And it's challenging, I know. Um, I just talked to a good friend yesterday, and he told me that his father in Chicago uh, is in the ICU and just went on a ventilator two days ago. And I feel for him. You know, it's there's a lot of people around the world, and I, and I feel it. And, and it's, it's a tough time right now. Uh, but for those of us that are still standing, we have a duty. We have an important uh, thing that we can do for each other so that we can come together and we can survive this thing and thrive through it. So, so incredibly important. So I'm going to invite you right now to do a brief meditation with me. I've only got a few minutes and this is just a simple breathing relaxation technique. I did this uh, several shows back, but I want to bring it back and reintroduce it to you. So um, if you're sitting, uh, if you're at home, uh, I invite you to sit down and put your feet flat on the floor. Don't cross your legs. Uh, don't cross your feet. And we'll basically be taking the same posture that you would take if you were having blood drawn or blood pressure taken. Um, you have your arms that are just kind of resting on an armrest or just kind of laying in your lap. Feet are flat, flat on the floor. And you can even lie down and do this as well. Uh, if you're driving in your car and you're listening to the show right now, uh, focus on driving um, and do this later. Listen to the recording on iTunes or Spotify. Tate Talks, show number 19. <laughs> so for this one, uh, I want you to, I inv I'll invite you to just close your eyes for the moment and just take a nice big deep breath in through your nose. And as you breathe in through your nose, lifting your shoulders up, and then rolling your shoulders back as you exhale, long, slow exhale. Breathing in through your nose again, nice big deep breath, rolling your shoulders back and up, eyes are closed, long, slow exhale. Now with your shoulders relaxed, arms are down, take a nice deep breath, breathing in for four seconds, holding that breath at the top and exhaling for six seconds. Breathing in, two, three, four, hold. Exhaling, two, three, four, five, six. In, two, three, four, hold. Exhaling, two, three, four, five, six. In, two, three, four, hold. Exhaling, two, three, four, five, six. In, two, three, four, hold. Exhaling, two, three, four, five, six. So very gentle thoughts right now. If thoughts come, let them come and let them go. Any of those 
monkey mind, extra thoughts. Just right now, just focusing on the breath. Focusing on inhaling, relaxed. Exhaling. You can be inhaling positive thoughts. Things that are good. Gratitude. What are you grateful for? Grateful for your breath. Grateful for your arms. The ability to see. Grateful for your friends. Exhaling away any worries, any doubts, any fears. Confidence in knowing that together we will rise. We will learn from this and become stronger because of it. Inhaling, relax. Exhaling away any worries, fears, or concerns, just let them go. Focus on the now. And right now, you're breathing. Gently opening your eyes, coming back to this space, realizing that in those just three minutes, you were able to bring down your blood pressure, bring down your heart rate, control your mental, your physical health, just through breath. There are great meditations to listen to on many different stations, YouTube, that type of thing. When we come back from the great from the break, <laughs> I'll be answering common questions with food and I'll be sharing this week's delicious recipe. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon here on Fox. If you want to prevent or even reverse many of the chronic diseases that plague society today, you're in the right place. Now, here's Jason Tate. Jason Tate here on Tate Talks, uh, broadcast out of Palm Springs, California. Sunny, beautiful Palm Springs this time of year. The weather is fantastic. And I'll encourage you, wherever you are, to make sure that you do get some outdoor time, that you get some fresh air in a safe way, of course. Uh, if you have a backyard, uh, you can go out to your backyard, have your morning in the backyard. You can have your evenings, even eat outside. Uh, and then if you are going to venture out the front door, uh, make sure that you have proper um, health routines, that you're covering your face with some kind of a mask, either a homemade mask or um, a manufactured one. And there's so many cool I want to call them recipes out there. There's so many cool sites that <clears throat> are showing you how to make masks out of t-shirts. And there was this funny one, John, I have to tell you this. <laughs> there was this funny video about somebody taking underwear, uh, specifically a thong. This old lady did this uh, routine where she put a thong over her head and said it was the perfect mask. Like it covered her nose, it covered her mouth. And she was very serious about the whole thing. I actually saw somebody twist a jock strap into doing the same thing. It was hilarious. <laughs> I hope they washed it first. I know, right? <laughs> oh, it was great. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's a it's a different time that we're living in. Definitely right now. brings it's... out that great American ingenuity. Yeah, right. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I, I love that. So that, that jockstrap, that's perfect. <laughs> Some people will do it. I, I don't know. I can, I can only imagine. <laughs> so I'm going to jump right into answering some common questions about uh, foods that you eat. And this is coming from an article uh, from the uh, Microsoft News, and they're citing sources like uh, <clears throat> the Centers for Disease Control and the World Health Organization. So I've kind of pre-screened this information to make sure that it's viable for you. So as far as the science around this coronavirus, it's continuing to unfold. There's no, currently no evidence that the, that the disease, that the virus is transmitted by food. It's not a food-borne illness. It's a person-to-person -person illness or a, uh, a uh, surface-to-person illness. So you're touching a surface that has droplets, and then you touch your eye or your mouth or your nose, that's a way of uh, transmission. So, um, and you know, Jason, they're now saying that it can also be an animal to human right. means of transmission, as they've found that uh, they have some pretty big cats in a zoo in the Bronx that have yep. apparently tested tigers. positive tigers and also yep. a lion. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting uh, that you bring that up. It reminds me HIV human immunodeficiency virus, the virus that leads to AIDS, was originally, uh, I mean, it's been around for a long time, but before then it was FIV, F is in Frank, feline immunodeficiency virus. And you, I don't know if you know this, John, but feline immunodeficiency virus nearly wiped out all of the big cats uh, before as an extinction event and even small cats. And most of the big cats that exist in the world today, cheetahs and lions and tigers and uh, all, you know, leopards and panthers, they have antibodies. They have, they're basically immune to feline immunodeficiency virus, which is a sexually transmitted uh, virus. So interesting. Yeah. It's, you know, it's an interesting fact and kind of parallels this uh, COVID, COVID-19 coronavirus. Um, obviously transmitted through droplets, but I don't know. I Have you heard of any cats dying from it? Not a, yet, no. No, yeah. So I, I do wonder as as this information unfolds whether or not um, but we'll it's be potential to be a picking carrier, up from though. our pets. Yeah. So, because your cat runs around the neighborhood, right? right. <laughs> Goes to other people's houses. I don't know. Uh, well, you know, it, you know, it's funny, John. Five years from now, we're going to know everything about this. And we're going to go, oh, my God, what did I oh do? Oh, my God. If we only knew that then, right? right. Um, so it's, it's an interesting time, but there's so much information out there. It's a respiratory virus passed primarily from person to person through droplets. Someone coughs, sneezes, that type of thing. So it's possible to pick up a virus touching the surface where droplets have landed, then touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. But that's not the primary way that it's thought to spread. This is according to the CDC, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. So it's super important when you go outside the house to have some kind of covering over your face because uh, you might be a carrier. I saw something as, as many as 
of people with coronavirus will show no symptoms whatsoever. And it will just kind of uh, run its course through their body and they'll just be spewing the virus constantly out in the public. And they may feel like, oh, I'm fine, but you're sharing it with people who aren't going to be able to handle it so well. So just having a mask covering will help you uh, to be able to do that. So much information out there in the world today, and I'm sharing it here with you. I'll be talking a lot more about question and answers around COVID-19 and food. I have a delicious recipe coming up for you, and I'll be talking about reinfection and antibodies. Stay with us here on Tate Talks. Tate Talks continues on iHub Radio with iHub Radio wellness expert, Jason Tate. Jason Tate here in Palm Springs. You're listening to iHub Radio at iHubRadio.com. If you have questions or you'd like to join the conversation, uh, join me on Facebook. Follow me, Jason Tate, on Facebook. That's T-A-T-E. Or you can follow in on Instagram, TateTalks.radio. If you have questions and you'd like me to bring them up on the show, post them there. And I'm more than happy to cover them here on the show. Uh, and I'll do the research and I'll make sure that I uh, cover it for you. So and you can also email me, jason.tate at ihubradio.com. So I'm talking about food and food safety. There's so many questions around food. And as far as is it safe to get food from the grocery store? Is it safe to have takeout food? Like, do I need to wipe down my food? Do I need to wash my fruits and vegetables with soap and water? These are real questions that people have. <laughs> Can the coronavirus be spread through food? No, it's highly unlikely. It's not a foodborne illness. Again, and I'll, I'll say this again and again, it's person to person. That is the most common way that this is happening. Um, foodborne illnesses, uh, not coronavirus, but foodborne illnesses, most of them are bacteria. And here's the thing, bacteria grow on food. You could just get a few bacteria on some food and they can multiply to thousands within an hour, tens of thousands, millions. Viruses, they're not like that. They need a living host in order to reproduce, in order to grow and, and divide, not grow, but in order to reproduce inside the cells of their living hosts. So, but Jason, can I ask cell, a question about that? Yeah, sure, sure. Um, because I think there's a lot of people who are hearing things about, you know, well, it, it lives on these surfaces like metal or even maybe cardboard or even paper. So I know people right, who are right. like spraying with alcohol mist uh, their mail and won't open it for three days. If that's oh the God. case, what if somebody that's preparing food sneezed on, say, an omelet and then you ate it? You know, I'm going to be talking about that. Uh, there's a question about that as far as. Okay, so there's a couple questions there. One, your your mail and boxes and things like that, not opening them for three days. There's a what they call a half life 
for this thing. I'm trying to find the data on the half-life. So it's a matter of just a few hours. It starts to degrade depending on the surface. So it degrades pretty quickly. And the half-life, let's say there's a thousand particles. Okay. So <clears throat> a half-life means, you know, like stainless steel has a half-life of 5.6 hours. And of course they've tested this. If there's a thousand particles, five and a half hours later, there's 500 particles. Uh, another five and a half hours later, there's 250 and so on and so forth until it's gone. Um, so stainless steel, it, it, it tends to stay on there pretty long. 6.8 hours is plastic. Cardboard is a little more than three hours. Paper and plastic are about like cardboard. So three hours, not three days. Um, and here's the thing. Open your mail, wash your hands, <laughs> read your mail. Um, you can get uh, packages, open the packages, get the contents out of the package, put the box outside near the trash bin, whatever, and then wash your hands. So uh, that's so, for so that. long as you're not actually putting dirty hands that have touched a surface in like your mouth or sure. near your eyes or right. someplace where you might have an open cut or something like that, you're yep. going to be okay. Just the fact that it's gotten on your hands doesn't mean you're necessarily going to catch it. Definitely. Yeah, that's definitely the answer. And But here's here's the thing to keep in mind. If there was a way to track everything you touched in your home with your hands. So let's say you do bring a package in from the front door. And let's say that there is uh, some coronavirus on some of the COVID-19 on the package and you open it with your bare hands. Okay, fine. Uh, you get your contents out and you take the box and you put it in the garage and you have the contents out. Now you're touching whatever you pulled out of the box and you're putting it plastic, whatever you're putting it all over the contents that were in the box. The door that you touch to open to go to the garage on that doorknob now is a small sample of coronavirus. Um, somebody in your house could also go out that same door within the next few hours and pick it up onto their hands. This is starting they, to sound like a vintage uh, Germac <laughs> shampoo commercial and so on and so on and so on as the lady yes. expands into a hundred times on the screen. It's, it's pretty wild. Uh, and so while you were the one who brought in the package, but the doorknobs that you touched, another family member could touch those doorknobs. Now they unknowingly, they thought, oh, I was safe. I didn't open the package. Well, they touched all the stuff that you touched after you touched it. So again, washing your hands is super important. Um, sneezing on your omelet, <clears throat> you know, is it safe to order food from uh, from restaurants and get takeout food. Yes. It's not a foodborne illness. And here's the thing, uh, you know, as far as food prep and things like that, people have to go through certifications to be able to prep food. And I imagine with the way things are now, and you can't even go into public spaces without wearing a covering or a mask of some sort. I imagine people are preparing food in restaurants, wearing masks at this point. So um, food should be safe. Now, that right. being said, I think people are just really nervous because of the fact that there are so fine. many asymptomatic yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's scary. That's the scary part. There's asymptomatic people. Um, and I think 
some of the best advice that I can give, and I kind of gave it in the first hour, if you leave the house or if something from outside the house comes into your house, assume it's there. If you leave the house, assume you come into contact with it. Just make that assumption. And so if you have that in your mind, instead of thinking, oh, I hope, I hope, I hope, oh no, I don't feel anything. Obviously you wouldn't feel anything right away, but just assume that you've come into contact with it and you need to decontaminate yourself. Make that assumption. So that's an important thing to do. Or we could all just live in bubble outfits. <laughs> You're right. Well, how a lot of healthcare workers are, um, you know, and it's, it's tough, you know, it's of course. Well, and like I said, five years from now, we'll, <laughs> we'll know some of the stuff that I'm, maybe I'm sharing. I'll be like, Oh, that was not totally accurate, but you know, we're sharing what we know as far as the best information we have right now. Right. Um, so, yeah. So I hope that answers your question. I hope it answers anyone's question about that. Should we use, re, should you wash your reusable grocery bags? Yeah, you should. Um, is coronavirus on them? Probably not uh, because they're not even letting you bring reusable grocery bags in the store anymore, but it's good because you can get foodborne illnesses and bacteria and fungus on those bags. Um, and so it's good to wash them anyway. It's a good habit to have. Could a sick restaurant employee contaminate your food? You know, like I said, these people, they're doing um, FDA, Food and Drug Administration. Um, they, you know, screen the facilities. People need to be licensed to handle food. Is there a food handler's license? So there's a good chance. But that being said, is it always healthier to prepare your own food? Yes. Is it always healthier to cook your own food and eat from home? Yes. You haven't <laughs> had my food. cooking then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, John. <laughs> uh, is anyone capable of learning how to cook and prep food, John? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and you know my what? grandmother might have argued that some people would burn <laughs> boiling water. <laughs> you know, and... And I, and that's what I've been telling my students, you know, you're stuck at home. You keep talking about how you're bored, learn a new skill, learn how to cook, you know, learn how to garden, learn how to grow your own food. I, I've got a booming garden right now and I'm doing composting and I'm having so much fun to just go out in the, in the garden and pick uh, peppers and tomatoes and broccoli and spinach and greens and make a salad and in the middle so, of the night when i can really practice social distancing i walk around the neighborhood and i pick fruit off of all my neighbor's trees there you go yeah you're letting other people do your gardening for you right <laughs> i'm just teasing i only pick off my own trees <laughs> it'd be funny if you're if if you were walking around with one of those poles that has the picker yeah low on the end i have one of those for my grapefruit tree yeah so, and you know what, honestly, people that have these fruit trees, they have so much fruit, they're not going to eat them all. So I don't know if I had a big fruit tree and it was in the front yard and it was just shedding fruit all the time and I couldn't eat it. I'd put a sign out there and say, please take, you know, you know, one of our, the co-founder the of, our, of our radio station, um, rest his soul. He had an idea, which was to build an app where people could list all the fruits that they have on trees that would be fine Ooh. for people to come by and, and picks, you know, if there was fruit there that they could help themselves to it. I think it was I a good like idea. I like that. I really like that. 
you know, I had an idea when we were rebuilding the high school where I teach, um, they did a $150 million renovation, tore down the 62-year-old school and rebuilt it. My idea was to plant fruit trees around the campus so that students would be able to just pick fruit, you know, between classes and at lunch. And I got shot down and told that that would attract rats. Oh, brother. <laughs> then hire a pest control service. But don't know, deprive right? people of good, fresh food that comes out of the ground. We could totally have it. We live here in an area where citrus trees thrive. Um, I mean, I can imagine the mess of kids leaving orange peels everywhere and grapefruit peels and stuff. But that's, you know, you deal with that. I'd rather give people access to clean, healthy food. So... If, uh, that if you only have an makes opportunity sense. to do that. Yeah. All right. So let me share a recipe. Uh, um, right now, today, uh, I want to share with you fresh berries with coconut raspberry cream. This comes from the IFM, Institute for Functional Medicine, Renew Food Plan, which is a uh, low carbohydrate, but it's really just kind of a low processed food food plan. So with this one, it makes four servings. You've got two thirds cup full fat coconut milk, if you can find it. Um, you can also use coconut cream and you can get that in the can. So two thirds a cup of that. One and a third cup of frozen organic raspberries. Do not defrost them. You take one teaspoon of vanilla and two cups of fresh organic blueberries or blackberries, washed, rinsed, and dried. You can garnish with a couple of mint leaves per serving if you want. So you place the coconut milk and the frozen raspberries in a blender. You blend on high until it's smooth. Add the vanilla, blend again for several seconds. Then you divide the fresh berries among four dishes and you top with coconut cream on top. You can garnish with the mint and there you go. So... Uh, this is a delicious way to get some antioxidant-rich foods. I'll be sharing with you in the next segment here. Uh, what are antibodies? Can you be reinfected with coronavirus after you've recovered from it? And some important immune-boosting supplements. Stay with me here on Tate Talks. From Palm Springs, California, iHub Radio presents inspirational conversation to help you on the path to vitality. Health and wellness conversation is front and center on Tate Talks with Jason Tate. Here's Jason. You're listening to Tate Talks with me, Jason Tate, uh, and John's going to pipe in every once in a while, <laughs> and I appreciate that. So uh, I'm here talking about how we're surviving this time right now and thriving and, and really just adapting. Um, I shared a quote 
uh, earlier in the show, in the first hour actually, by Charles Darwin. It's not the strongest of the species that survives, nor the most intelligent. It's the one or group that are most adaptable to change, that live within the means available and work cooperatively against common threats. So important to know that during this time right now that we are adapting to this change and we are finding ways to live differently and live a new type of life. Um, it's going to be very common for you now to see people wearing face coverings and masks. I imagine that business will be booming. People will come up with designer masks that are uh, COVID-19 or whatever. I, I don't know. I think, it'd be, I think it'd be fun. Allow yourself to be creative during this time. I listen to a lot of rock and roll. Um, some of my favorite stations on uh, um, Sirius XM radio and the DJs, the radio DJs are sharing how you can take your old band t-shirts and turn them into uh, face coverings and things like that. So, you know, you're going to get, we're going to kind of live in a new era right now, seeing people with their faces covered. And for me, it's not normal yet. Um, but there will be a time where we look around and that's the norm. Um, and I don't know how long that's going to happen. My students keep asking me questions, you know, when are we going back to school? Not this school year. <laughs> I can tell you that much. Uh, I don't think we'll have this thing wrapped up in the next month and a half. So next school year though, uh, things are going to be different. A lot of things are going to change and we're going to just continue to learn from this. And so that's what Tate Talks is here. Tate Talks is here to inspire, inform, educate, and kind of really just guide you towards uh, the healthiest version of yourself possible. And I'll be sharing information every week uh, around coronavirus, but also just around your health, your mental health, your uh, exercise, your movement, your physical health, nutrition. And that's what we're here for. So speaking of adaptability, the body's amazing. The body's amazing. And we have survived for millennia, millions of years, this human body, you know, different variations. And here we are today. We are the best version of a human, Homo sapiens sapiens, that uh, could have ever existed on this earth. And, and, you know, if we survive this and survive another pandemic and another one, before extinction event, we are basically just being naturally selected through environmental pressures to be the best versions of ourselves. And we're ingenious and we're creative and we're adaptable and we communicate uh, on stations like iHub Radio and we share information with each other, which is super important to the survival of our species. But what's going on inside the body? when you come into contact with any pathogen, not just coronavirus. Um, and as a biologist and as a teacher, this is an exciting time for me as a teachable moment. And, and I'm excited that people are learning science during this time. Um, you know, it, not just because I love teaching science, but because I love when people are learning science. And I'm, I'm fascinated, I'm excited to learn that people are wanting to know more about how the body works. And this is an exciting thing for me to hear that. So when you come into contact with a virus or a bacteria or a fungus, any type of pathogenic material, pathogenic meaning that it causes dis-ease within the body, um, your body will develop something called an antibody 
for this pathogen. Now imagine a pathogen like a coronavirus, and, it, and there's many pictures out there of coronavirus. And so imagine this you know, ball with these little pegs sticking out, okay? All of these little pegs that are sticking out from this ball are a very unique protein particle called an antigen. And it has surfaces, the surface of this virus is studded and covered with these antigens. And they're very specific shape. The shape of that antigen allows it to attach to the host cell and be taken into the host cell. Then that host cell will degrade that protein capsule and the RNA virus that's within gets unlocked and it becomes, it invades that cell and turns that cell now into a factory to make more COVID-19 coronavirus within the body. And then when that cell ruptures, you've got tons more COVID-19 coronavirus uh, in the body infecting nearby cells. And that's just basic virology and how that works. Now we have an immune system, a very complex and beautiful immune system with many different types of immune cells. An antibody is not a cell. An antibody is a protein that your immune system cells make. Now back to that pathogen, back to that virus, specifically coronavirus, it has an antigen, that studded little peg on its surface that has a specific shape. An immune cell will kind of attach to that and read it and take measurements and understand it and then take those measurements and start to create the recipe to make a protein called an antibody that allows it to attach to that antigen, a specific key. So now the once your immune system, and it takes several days, uh, as, as many as seven to 10 days after the onset of infection of a virus for your body to start ramping up and pumping out antibodies. So you've got tons of antibodies in your blood and these antibodies are attaching to the antigen on the surface of the viruses. Now these viruses that are loaded up with antibodies, they can't go inside of cells anymore and other cells, macrophages and natural killer cells, they can come along and actually consume and eat and destroy this virus. This is your body doing the work that it's done for millions of years. Some viruses, if you take on a viral load that's really heavy, like your initial onset, um, and this is something I was talking to a, a doctor friend of mine the other day, they're noting here locally that patients who have a high viral load a very low uh, ability to handle it because it's so toxic, uh, this coronavirus. And so if you just pick up a few particles of the virus, uh, like on a piece of mail that comes in, then, you know, you can, you can survive this thing. So I have so much more information to share with you. And we're going to be here every Sunday doing the show. Stay with us here on Tay Talks. I, I look forward to sharing more information with you next Sunday. We're here live every Sunday here on Tate Talks, iHubRadio.com. You can catch us on all of the major podcast stations. Tate Talks is here 
to provide current up-to-date information with regard to health and wellness to inform and inspire you to make the rest of your life the best of your life. 